Hello and welcome to yet another episode of How Not to Suck at the Stocks. This is your host, Dan Hansen. This show is for entertainment purposes only and extremely not safe for work. This particular episode is entitled Investing 101. Now the implication here is you've already listened to the Investing 100 episode. If you haven't, uh, I recommend you do. But in any case, uh, the show must go on. So Investing 101. I'd actually like to begin with a quick story. So imagine, if you will, there was a town, and the town was called River Run. And as the name implies, a river runs through the middle of the town. And this river wasn't just the town's namesake, it was actually the keystone to their society and to their economy. And so every year, the people of River Run would go down to the riverbanks, and they'd have a race down the river in their boats and their rafts and their inner tubes. Um, but here's the kicker. The townsfolk of River Run didn't actually know anything about boating or racing. They didn't teach their children how to swim. So every year they'd be greeted by an endless parade of pirates and scoundrels, marauders and charlatans and thieves just waiting to swindle them out of their money. And the pirates would have sales pitches, something like, Ahoy, landlubber! Hire me to be the captain of ye vessel, and I'll get you to the end of the race, fair and true, and other such uh, piratisms. Oh, they know all the shortcuts and the ins and outs and all sorts of nautical stuff like that. And so a certain number of townsfolk would take the pirates up on their, on their offer to hire them to be the captain of their vessel. Okay, cool. The second group of townsfolk would say, well, you know, I really don't trust these pirates. I'm just going to sail the boat myself despite not really knowing what I'm doing. Then there was a third group of townsfolk who would say, you know what, fuck all that. I'm just going to grab a six-pack of beer and pass out drunk in my inner tube and literally go with the flow. Let the river take me where it may at whatever speed it chooses to go. And well, in a tortoise in the hair like twist of fate, it's actually that last group, the ones who just passed out drunk in the inner tubes, who perform the best over time. And I know this might seem counterintuitive, but it's the way it really is when it comes to investing. Yes, this whole thing, surprise, has been an allegory. Uh, we are the townsfolk. The river is the stock market. Uh, the boats are our investment vehicles. The pirates, scoundrels, marauders, charlatans, and thieves. Well, that's your professional money managers, your financial advisors. That's your Wall Street. Uh, the people who are trying to actively sail the boats themselves, despite not knowing what the fuck they're doing. Those are your active investors. And the people who just pass out drunk in the inner tubes, those are your passive investors. And I suppose I never actually defined uh, these terms. So an active investor is someone who buys and sells individual stocks. A passive investor is someone who just buys and holds a, an index fund. So the S&P 500, a uh, total market fund, a target date retirement fund, something of the sort, something that has low fees. And I, just, I define low as uh, like less than 20 basis points. So a percent is 100 basis points. 20 basis points is 0.2%. Um, and so this may seem counterintuitive. Like you're kind of taught your entire life that the more time and effort you put into something, the better of a result you get. And what I'm telling you is with investments, it's actually quite the opposite for most people. When you 
choose to actively invest as opposed to just buying an index, you are lowering your expected value. You are lowering the expected returns you're going to get over time. And I can explain this uh, very simply. It comes down to taxes and it comes to, down to time out of the market. So taxes is pretty simple. If you have two investors and let's just all else being equal. So same return, same time horizon, same everything, except one person is buying and selling every year. So he's taking a tax hit every year. And the other person is just buying and holding. He's only taking that tax hit at the end of the time horizon. Well, that first person is going to end up with a lower return than the second person. So it's just the way the math works. Uh, you can you can throw it in Excel and you can try it yourself. It's it's fairly significant over long periods of time. Uh, that additional tax drag is fairly significant. And then I mentioned uh, time out of the market. Well, again, let's have another example. So uh, let's say again you have two people. Uh, the first person invests for thirty years and the second person invests for twenty years. Well, holding all else equal, who's going to have the bigger number, uh, the bigger return? Well, of course, the first person, right? Because some return to the power of 30 is going to be greater than the same return to the power of 20. It's a simple math. Okay, what does that have to do with timing the market? Well, when you're trying to time the market, you're lowering your exponent. So same example uh, for the first guy. First guy buys and holds for 30 years. Now, the second guy, he's going to trade for 30 years, except every third year he gets spooked. You know, nuclear war with Korea, uh, trade war with China, Kim Kardashian took a shit in public, whatever the fucking headline happens to be that day. Every third year he gets spooked, he pulls the money out of the stock market for a year. Well, if you do that for 30 years, you're going to end up having only invested for 20 years. And as I just stated, a return to the power of 30 is going to be greater than that same return to the power of 20. And it ends up making a huge and significant uh, difference. So that's why most people do worse uh, than the stock market average. And it's because of taxes and it's because of, because of time, the time, the market. It's as simple as that. And going to the portfolio managers, it's those same two headwinds, except you have the additional headwind on you, the investor, uh, that you're paying them for their underperformance. And they, of course, love it. You know, they get to drive fancy cars and live in uh, big houses and drive big fancy boats uh, because they are essentially getting paid uh, to suck. And going back to the river analogy, you know, if you were paying some pirate to sail your boat and you could see yourself just getting passed up by all these people just passed out drunk in inner tubes, you might start to question it because that's a Newtonian physics type problem that your brain has evolved to solve. You can see the drunks passing you. Okay, you can see the pirates not really doing that well. They're literally going slower than the speed of the fucking river, for Christ's sake. But when you get into finance, well, your evolved monkey brain isn't a whole lot of good. Okay, when you throw finance into the equation, things become very opaque and common sense gets thrown out the window. But uh, people are learning. So you might say, well, Dan, if you're speaking the truth, how come people still use money managers? Uh, well, the truth is less and less people do. More and more people are going into passive investments. And you can thank uh, the book Random Walk Down Wall Street. You can thank John Bogle, the guy who created Vanguard. You can thank Warren Buffett. He's always talking about 
um, you know, the tenets of index investing. And so these, these uh, you know, endowment funds and things will ask Buffett, like, oh, what can we do? And he'll tell them to stop hiring professional money managers and just index invest. And they don't listen to Buffett, so what hope do I have anyone to listen to me? It's something I uh, deal with quite a bit uh, when I'm thinking of what episode I want to do. I always think, what's even the point? Who the fuck is going to listen to me if they're not going to listen to uh, Warren Buffett? But uh, in any case, putting such uh, cynicism aside, um, Buffett claims it has to do with uh, essentially arrogance. That's why people continue to hire professional money managers or to continue to actively invest. Um, If you're rich you're used to being able to buy the best of everything. You're used to, oh, I can buy a bigger car and a bigger house and a bigger boat and I can buy a hotter girlfriend and all these things. And so when it comes time to put your money into a brokerage account, you don't want to hear, oh, no, no, your money's no good here. Oh, you can't buy a better performance. You just have to get the same market average that Joe Sixpack pumping gas down at the gas station can get. No one wants to hear that. And... Uh, you know, eventually listen to enough slick-haired sales pitches before someone's going to tell you what you want to hear and you're going to start to believe that this this kid can earn better than the market average when, on average, he can't. So uh, it comes down to arrogance. And so, you know, active investors, they fool themselves. Or money managers. No money manager is sitting there thinking, oh my God, I'm a pointless wretch. I'm a waste of human flesh and this this dredge of society. No, they think they're performing a service. And the way they do that is just by uh, not looking at the scoreboard. Okay, so they'll tell you, oh yeah, my market my, my return might be lower than the market, but look, here's my sharp ratio and my risk-adjusted returns. And uh, stats are for losers. And what I mean by that is if you listen to any post-conference, uh, post-game conference in football, uh, if the coach is talking about like turnover ratios and first down per- or third down percentages and things of the sort, uh, he probably lost the game. Okay. And so if you ask someone, hey, do you outperform in the market over long periods of time? I mean, if you, if you lose to the market a year or two in a row, it's not the end of the world. I'm talking about, you know, for 10 or 20 years or uh, in a row, if you're losing to the market, well, then you suck. Okay. It's just, you know, you're lower than average. You, you suck. Um, and if you ask a money manager that and they try to squirm out of answering it and they say, oh, well, look at my risk adjusted returns and look at my uh, sharp ratio and other things they teach you in business school. Um, that's just their way of deflecting from the truth, which is if you invest with them, you will end up with less money than if you didn't invest with them. Um yeah, and, and active investors, they fool themselves the same way. No one wants to think that their time and effort is actually costing them money, right? No one wants to think they'd be better off just not putting in. It's so counterintuitive, right? I mean, like, if you were going to train to be uh, like a like a black belt in karate, the more time and effort you put into it, the better you'll become. And if you just sat on the couch all day, you wouldn't make any progress. Investing, it doesn't work that way. And investing, sitting on the couch all day is a pretty high fucking benchmark and most people can't surpass it. So anyway, I think I made my point. I probably made it a long time ago. Uh, But, uh, and 
I guess I'm bearing the lead here, but the empirical evidence bears this out that most people, most money managers do not outperform uh, the stock market. So anyway, that's been Dan Hansen with yet another episode of how not to suck at the stocks. I do want to do an episode called investing 200 that just says, fuck it. Uh, you're not going to listen to me. You're going to buy and sell individual securities anyway. So you might as well do it the right way. And we'll get into my investment philosophy a little bit. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.